0: Another day of strike for Saskatchewan teachers. Many pilots reported seeing a very strange phenomenon at like 100,000 feet over the prairies. Canada has approved military deals for Israel since October 7th. Tesla is being sued by Californian counties for sending hazardous waste to regular landfills. And massive strike forces Javier Millet to pull back on some reforms in Argentina. Good morning. It's Thursday, February 1st, welcome to February. Here are your headlines. Saskatchewan teachers are set to walk off the job this morning as they begin a set of rotating one-day strikes. The union is legally required to give 48 hours notice for a strike, and Saskatchewan Teachers Federation President Samantha Beckhott told CTV's Drew Posty that they'll be giving adequate notice for future strike dates. Beckhott adds that they are being forced into this position by a stubborn government. There were already days of strike on January 16th and January 22nd. It has impacted 13,000 teachers. You'll recall the last time I mentioned this work action on the Daily News podcast, the key issue was over class sizes and student supports. Nothing has changed. The teachers argue that these are provincial matters, as they are in every other province in Canada. But... The Sask Party is a special kind of government, and they are arguing that these issues aren't their problem, that the teachers instead need to talk to the school divisions, which are beasts of the provincial government and get all their funding and are mandated to do things by the provincial government. Anyway, the teachers have a solid strike mandate. 90% of all members voted 95% in favor of striking. The province is still offering 7% over three years in wage increases, which is peanuts, let's be clear. The teachers are asking for annual CPI increases and 2% every year for four years. Next, you all should know how much I love the aviation industry, or... You should have guessed it by now. Here's something that I think is the best thing about it. The pilots are always reporting stuff they see in the sky. And of course they would. Well, CTV's Daniel Otis writes that in early morning on January 19th, several pilots reported something very strange over the prairies. They say they saw multiple lights and they were sometimes in a triangle formation. One air traffic controller said that a pilot reported that they could have been satellites and one Air Canada pilot flying from Seattle to Winnipeg said, and I love this, get this, quote, I'm certainly no expert, but they're moving side to side and then going away from each other and then forming triangles. That doesn't really seem like they're in any type of orbit, but I mean, I'm no expert, unquote. <laughs> oh, my God. It's These are quotes from conversations between the pilots and air traffic control. So it's literally them trying to grapple with what they're seeing. Another pilot on a flare flight from Vancouver to Toronto said this, quote, It's quite bizarre. There's around six of them just randomly in formation flying at a high altitude at 12 o'clock, unquote. A cargo pilot said, quote, definitely not satellites. It's unlike anything I've seen in the 15 years of night flying that I've done, unquote. CTV helpfully links to the pilots' conversations. You can hear them yourselves. As air traffic control radio broadcasts are public and there are sites that broadcast them. Live ATC posted about 2.5 hours of pilots talking about the objects. And Otis brought them down to 13 minutes. So check the link at the show notes if you want to actually check that out, which is very cool. The lights seem to be at 100,000 feet, which is too high for most fighter jets to fly. You might fly at 40,000 feet if you're in an Airbus, for example. And it isn't the first time that they've been seen. A pilot for a cargo jet flight between Winnipeg and Hamilton said that they saw them, quote, for probably the last 18 months or so, unquote. And two say that they've only ever seen them flying westbound, never eastbound. And, quote, yeah, same thing, too. Movement all over. Sometimes they make a triangle. Sometimes they make a diamond and square. They're bright and they just appear all over, unquote. Otis talks with some experts who think that the lights were probably Starlink satellites and definitely not Starlink satellites. (laughs) Obviously, there's not going to be really agreement on this one. There was a few U.S. reports of seeing the same thing, lights going in all directions and then coming together to form a triangle. Honestly, I got shivers just writing this script last night and thinking about this. To the pilots out there who fly at night and who are used to seeing an amazing night sky, And then who see this and we're like, oh, what the hell? (laughs) Thanks for remaining calm. I don't know if I would remain so calm seeing such a phenomenon like that. I will note that they talked to one retired pilot who flew for both transport Canada and the air force who said that it's unacceptable that Canada has a reporting system for unexplainable phenomena but then who do not do anything with the information pilots are encouraged to make these kinds of reports and you can see the reports yourselves where they get listed as being either a rocket weather balloon or unidentified flying object but hey the odds that the liberals will use this to distract from other things is not zero Neither is the likelihood that it's nothing. (laughs) Next, Alex Kosh at the Maple has uncovered that Global Affairs Canada has authorized new military exports to Israel since October 7th. The details on what the equipment was were thin, but the department said that they were, quote, non-lethal equipment, unquote, a term that doesn't actually have a legal definition we can imagine tons of non-lethal military equipment that still ends up being lethal to folks in some way, even if it's just fixing a tank that will then go on to blow someone up. One thing for sure is that they haven't approved a full weapons system. Canada hasn't approved a full weapons system to Israel for more than 30 years. Not sure if Canada is even producing full weapons systems these days, though, to be honest, considering how much of what we do are producing parts of parts of parts of parts of parts, and then sending them off to someone else to make the whole thing for us. Kosh references data from 2022, the most up-to-date that we have, and it shows that of the $21 million in military exports to Israel sent in that year, about half were related to electronic equipment. There were 315 active permits for military sales to Israel. Kosh found no evidence that any of these permits have been stopped or cancelled since 2022. Next, 25 California counties have sued Tesla over how the company handles hazardous waste. Reuters reports that among the 25 counties that are suing Tesla are Los Angeles, Alameda, San Joaquin, and San Francisco. The allegation is that Tesla was sending hazardous materials to landfills that cannot handle hazardous materials. To do so, the company mislabeled the waste. If found guilty, Tesla might be on the hook for $70,000 per violation per day. The hazardous materials were common enough, paints, brake fluids, batteries, antifreeze, and diesel fuel, all which can't just be sent to the dump. The counties accused Tesla of having done this to 101 facilities. The company was already nailed for improperly handling hazardous waste in 2019. They had to pay just $31,000 and promise not to do it again. One of the facilities that is targeted in this legal proceeding is the same as one that had the violation in 2019. In 2022, Tesla paid $275,000 after the EPA said it wasn't implementing plans to minimize air pollutants from paint operations at that same facility that had violated laws in 2019, the Fremont plant. And finally, a few days ago, unions across Argentina went on general strike to protest new economic and social measures being proposed by that country's new far-right president, Javier Millet. In total, more than 700,000 people marched in Buenos Aires, and 1.5 million people came out to support campaigns across the country. This is coming from industrialunion.org. Miele wants to deregulate the economy, reduce the size of the state, and get rid of hundreds of laws that guarantee and protect individual and collective rights. All of this is packaged up in an omnibus bill that was supposed to pass on January 25th, but the strike forced the government to push it back by a week. Here's what Industrial Union explains the package includes. The government had planned to privatize, quote, public companies, the railways, the post office and state media, unquote. Industrial notes that one of the articles that was in the package that any public gathering of three or more people would be considered an illegal demonstration and people could be imprisoned has been pulled out of the omnibus package. But things are going well enough in Argentina for the IMF to approve the biggest amount of money that the IMF has ever loaned out, $44 billion, to try and stabilize Argentina's economy in a way that pleases the IMF. The first disbursement of $4.7 billion has been approved, reports BNN Bloomberg. Now, Bloomberg reports, quote, that the most important austerity measures, including key tax hikes, unquote, had already been taken out of the omnibus bill, quote, to appease lawmakers, unquote. I'm not sure what kind of tax hikes count as austerity measures. I got to be honest with you, Bloomberg, that's a bit confusing. But anyway, the IMF has set a target of 2% of GDP in surplus for the country, and the ruling government is aiming for, quote unquote, deficit zero, a term that Quebecers will know very well and means they won't be budgeting for a deficit. Argentina's currency is devalued by 54%, which has been terrible for the economy, and inflation has been rampant. Those are your headlines for Thursday, February 1st. You are listening to this podcast at sananor.com at the Real News Network podcast feed, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Hope you have a wonderful Thursday. I'll talk to you tomorrow.